glad y'all came out. It's going to be a beautiful day today. So nice. All right, I'm going to pray and then we'll just get right to it. All right, Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you. We come to you with our hearts open. And God, I thank you for your word that cuts between everything and you 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 shave off the things that need to go God and you pierce us and you correct us but it's with love to make us grow and to make us um more of looking like you Jesus so we say yes let your word come and correct us and teach us and show us what you want to show us and Lord I ask for great soil in the hearts of the believers in this room that this seed would fall on good soil and reap a harvest of righteousness amen All right. Okay, we're going to get to it. I want to finish well as a Christian. How many of you want to finish well? I burn for this. I have um, had experiences of my life where the Lord's moving really powerfully. There's miracles. There's just a grace for intimacy and everything. But I don't want to be a a flash-in-the-pan Christian that just goes by when things are going well. I want to burn for Jesus all the days of my life, all the way through. I want to run my race well. How many of you want to burn for Jesus and not just start well, but finish well? We need strong finishers. Yes. All right. Well, listen, God has ordained you and me to live specifically right now. In this season, in this place, for such a time as this, with purpose. Amen? And guys, we have seen some crazy stuff. We just came through the coronavirus. We've got wars, rumors of wars. We've got, you know, racial divide. We have political tensions. We're starting to see financial tensions. Our pets' heads are falling off. (laughs) It's crazy. But listen, you are here and God trusts you with this moment in history. He has ordained you to have a purpose and a destiny and a voice in this season of time. Do you believe it? Amen. You are called and appointed right now. All right. I want to kind of unpack a little bit of stuff and I'm going to start with that. I want to finish well. And you know who finished well in the Bible? The Apostle Paul, he finished well. And I want to go to a portion of scripture in 2 Timothy 4. Go ahead and turn there with me. This is the Apostle Paul in his older season of life, talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. Reflecting back on his life past and what he's looking forward to in heaven. We're going to read this together. 2 Timothy 4, and we're on verses 7 and 8. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. How many long for his appearing? You're going to get a crown of righteousness. The righteous judge will give you a crown of righteousness on that day. Amen and amen. Let's go home. All right, (laughs) that's all you need to know. (laughs) All right, so these are the statements Paul makes. He says to fight the good fight. Are we going to fight a fight with people, with flesh and blood? No, we're doing, we're fighting the good fight of faith. 
We are subduing the enemy. We are conquering over the kingdom of darkness with light. That's the fight. We're bringing his kingdom. We're going to finish our race. We are going to take ownership of our assignment from God and not someone else's. And we are going to stay in our lane and do what he asks us to do. And we're going to keep the faith. We're going to keep hearts that burn with love and passion for him and no other God through all of our days. Amen. So today we're going to do kind of a checkpoint. We're going to evaluate where we're at on this journey. And I'm going to use a lot of imagery basically about running a race. How many runners do we have in here? Okay. We have like one. No. Um, Three. Okay. I can't see because it's dark. How many people can run in their spirit? Everybody, woohoo! <laughs> okay, Just, so listen, if it offends you when I talk about running, I am talking about your spirit. Your spirit is going from glory to glory, faith to faith, grace to f- grace. Your spirit's getting stronger every day, and your spirit can run the race you are called to, even if your body can't. Amen? Again, you'll get a new body someday. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. All right, this, this sermon this morning, it's not a um, how to find my calling sermon. This is a how to stand before Jesus and know that I did what he assigned me to with my race. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you how to find which job you should find or whatever. This is about how to stand before Jesus someday, how to run well. Amen. Okay, so we're in a series called Made to dot, dot, dot. This is called I'm Made to Run. You have a destiny. You have a calling. You have a grace on your life to run your race for Jesus. My goal today is to encourage us to run our race well so that we finish our race well. Okay? Now, you guys know you're not responsible to run Emily's race, right? God called me to run in a certain way. I'm not responsible to run your race. I'm your pastor, but listen, you're going to stand before Jesus for you. I'm going to stand before Jesus for me. Okay? All right. Now, since we're running, you guys know sometimes when you're out there, you're running downhill. You've got the wind in your hair, and the sun is shining, and it's just a beautiful day, and you have momentum. Things are good. And you guys know, running a race in this life, there are days where there's just no end in sight, and you're trudging up a hill, and you're breathing hard, and you're sweaty, and things are so hard, but you're still moving forward. Okay, so running a race well doesn't have to do with how difficult or easy the race is. Running a race well means running toward your goal. You're running toward an end point, okay? Now, this is where the tricky part comes in. You could run a race and take a turn over here because you got off course with what your goal is, is to stand before him, to give an account for your days. Now, this is what it looks like. When I was a little girl, I was not very athletic. I would, some would say a spaz. <laughs> it's been thrown around regarding me and my athletic ability. And I would play football with my dad and my brothers who are athletically inclined. And when I would run, I would move my head with my arms and I would look down. So I ran like this. Okay. So 
my dad would throw the pass. He'd tell me what to do, right? Flag right or whatever. And I'd go up and I was supposed to go over here to catch the ball. But I'm just like not knowing where I'm going, <laughs> running around <laughs> like a spaz. Okay, I'm getting off course. I'm not getting to the goal. I'm not catching the ball that my father is throwing to me. Anybody? All right. Have you ever been swimming in a pool and um, gotten off track of where you're supposed to be? You're just swimming and you're trying to like race somebody. And then all of a sudden you're bumping into the side of the pool and you don't even know where you are. You're supposed to be down there and you're bumping this wall. Has anybody ever done that? Yes. Okay. I have a video to, to another illustration of uh, losing sight of the goal and taking a wrong turn. And um, these guys have trained for a marathon. These are professional runners. And something happens to them. And they get mixed up. Let's watch this. In strong. The early leading pack of the men. And the fate of the Venice Marathon right on its so head. Right, yeah. With that very sad navigational error from the top seas. Locked in battle for, well, some 36 kilometers. Suligedo and the champion Prisca Chirono both neck and neck. This was the critical moment that turned the home crowd and crossing the line to take the 2017 Huawei Venice the title for the home nation. Okay, so if you didn't see what happened there, read that fast, it goes pretty quick. These people followed a motor, motorcycle guide and he took a wrong turn and they ran several, several hundred meters the wrong way. <laughs> and then they had to turn around and come back. Have you guys ever found yourself wanting to love the Lord, and then somehow you're over here doing something stupid? <laughs> I don't even know how I got here. Can you guys relate to those guys? Oh my gosh. And then you've got the other guy. He is just a guy running his race, and he ends up winning because he didn't take a wrong turn. Yeah, can you guys relate to that? Whoa, how did I get here? How did I get here? Now, what I want to uh, explain to you guys is, oh, actually, I wanted to say this. No, I don't. I'm not going to say that. Ha. Do you ever talk to yourself in front of everyone <laughs> with a microphone? <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. Now, getting off course. Uh, the word sin in the Greek is an archery term, and it comes from the word hamartia, I think. And what it means is when an archer is aiming at a target, that they shoot and they miss the mark. Okay, we are aiming at righteousness. We are aiming at a life that's lived well, free of sin. And when we do things that are not God's way, we're just missing the mark. We're just shooting over here. You know, God's way is perfection and, and all the good things, but I just chose to tell a lie. Is that part of his nature? Whoops, I missed the mark. I took a wrong turn. All right. Now, <clears throat> how many of you know to stay on course and to not get pulled off to the wrong side? We need wisdom. This morning, I was on my way to church on 20th Street. I don't know if this is still the case. I was heading east and the one lane is closed, and there was these lights that show you which lane to go to. Someone last night flipped that sign, this is real, to point to go into oncoming traffic. I'm totally serious, this happened to me today. 
how many know, if you take that turn, it's bad. <laughs> Things are not good. So we need to know which, how do we know which signs to trust? How do we know how to navigate this race so that we hit that mark and we keep going straight and run our ways? Run our ways. Okay, we're going to go to James 3. If you guys would turn there with me. It's kind of close to the end there after Hebrews. Do you know how God makes coffee? He brews it. Sorry, that's pretty old. Okay. Okay. Now, we're going to get started here. James 3, go to verse 13. Who is wise in understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds by done, in the humility that comes from wisdom. Now listen. He asks the question, who's wise? And he tells you how we all can tell. Your life will show it. People can see it by your life, the good deeds and the humility that's on your life. It will show up and we'll all be like, yeah, you're totally on track. You're running the right race there. You are listening to wisdom. Now, there's two kinds of wisdom and we're going to find out what they are. So let's read about this first one that's not so good. So James 3.14, but... If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder or confusion and every evil practice. This wisdom is going to get you lost and turned around like those guys. It's going to lead you off the path, and it's going to be very obvious. I want to just unpack what these words mean. Bitter envy. Now, you're a runner, and you're supposed to just look at where you're going. Bitter envy does this. Hey, that person has better shoes than me. What? I've worked harder than that person. How are they ahead of me? What? How did they get that many sponsors? I am the best. I, am, I should have that. So what is the stance of envy? It's not looking where you're going. It's looking at people around you, right? Okay, so that's bitter envy, looking at others and comparing yourself. You guys know comparison is a thief of joy. Just is. Okay, selfish ambition. Now, now you're looking at yourself. I should be the winner. I am the best. It's self-promotion. It's saying, hey, you should make me, you should sponsor me because I'm the best and everybody loves me, even if you're not that great. It's going out instead of a sponsor coming to find you. <laughs> you're putting yourself out there and saying, me, me, me. Now, this posture, also running your race, what if you're looking down? You look like Emily is a little girl. No. <laughs> looking at yourself and looking down. No. So these two stances are looking here and here and here, Right? Now, how are you going to get to where you're going if that's, that's the wisdom that you're carrying is to look all in this earthly realm? You're not going to get where you're going. Now, I want to tell you, both of these stances of envy and selfish ambition, they have the same root. And that root is insecurity, and it's a root of a lack of belief in God. It reveals something about your belief system, Okay? Now, if you have envy, what you're saying is that God doesn't love me enough to get me what I need. I have to compare myself. 
He doesn't have enough for me, right? Now, you're also, if you are promoting yourself and getting out there and thinking you're the best, you're also telling the world, God really needs my help to get me where I'm supposed to be. He really needs my help. And I got to tell you, do you think God really needs your help <laughs> to promote you, put you in the right spot? No, 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 no. You're missing the mark. If you're putting yourself out there and thinking this way, no, 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 no. Now, here's how you can check in because you're going to have fruit or results from this kind of thing. You'll feel confused. If you take a wrong turn in the spirit realm, you'll feel lost. You'll have a tendency to want to fight with people and stir things up. You'll, want, uh, you'll feel anxiety. You'll feel heaviness. You'll feel a sense of striving to be noticed or loved. You'll feel exhausted. And you will have more of a willingness to compromise morally in this realm. Because why? It's like inviting demonic influence into your life. We want to not go that way, right? <laughs> we don't want to be over here. Now, how do you get off that track? The Bible says to repent. What does repent mean? It means to turn around and go the other way. Get back on course. Repenting is this. It's not groveling. It's not doing all these things. It's saying, Lord, I am sorry. So you admit it. That is not who you created me to be. And then you go this way and you be you, who he created you to be. Easy as that. All right. Now, we're going to read about the second wisdom. Here we go. James 3.17. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So here we go. You've got the signpost that says, come this way. And you see, that is the way of peace. Okay, I'm going to follow this way. I'm not going to follow fighting for myself. Okay, this is the way of purity. This is the way of sincere motives. Oh, over here, I was putting up a show and I wanted something. You know, you're just saying no to that sign. I'm following this one. I'm following being a meek person. I'm following being a merciful person. I am on track with heaven's directions, heaven's wisdom. Amen. This is so good. Basically, this list that I read to you from James 3, 17 and 18. Do you see the fruit of the Spirit in this list? I don't know if you could put that verse back up. The fruit of the Spirit are in this. This is heaven's wisdom. Like, let that settle in to your spirit. When you're confronted with a conflict or you're confronted with a choice, or you're confronted with a situation to fear and have anxiety, or you're confronted with, name it. Now, you have a choice to run your race with heaven's wisdom or to turn and to do the selfish ambition and the envy stuff. You have a choice. Okay, so... Let's think about that. I would seriously like meditate on these things. Wisdom from heaven. Okay. Okay. It's pure. Okay. I'm going to be pure. I don't want bad motives. Okay. Peace loving. I don't want trouble. I was made for peace. You know the word shalom in Hebrew? It's not just the absence of like conflict and fights. It's the 
presence of peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. When he is ruling your life and you're being wise, he actually settles in with peace. That passes your understanding. It's a fruit that other people will see in your life. It's powerful. Awesome. So good news, Jesus ran the race perfectly. He never sinned. He never shot an arrow that didn't hit that mark. He never made a mistake. He paved the way. And he finished. And this is the cool thing about this race. When we're running our race, we're actually not running it to get into heaven. When you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, he gives you the right to go to heaven and become his children, yes? So we're starting from his finish line. He finished that work. Okay, so you're not running to like try to get to heaven. You're running because you get to. You get to flood this world with the love and the light of Jesus in everything you do. You get to bring him glory and then you get to go stand before him and he'll give you a crown. Isn't that powerful? Yes. All right, say, I was made to run, so I better wise up. Yes. Okay. So to finish well, I'm going to give you four keys here to running your race well. Okay. Go to Hebrews. So turn backward a little bit. Hebrews 12. And I'm going to give you four keys here. And let's read this together. So Hebrews 12 verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. All right. So four keys to running our race well. Here we go. Number one, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now I want to kind of explain a little bit about what hinders and sin that easily entangles. Um, These words in the Greek might give us a little bit better understanding. I'm not going to say the words because, you know, it'll be, it's Greek. (laughs) It's all Greek to me. (laughs) Good one. All right. Hinders, everything that hinders. Okay. A hindrance is whatever is prominent, a protuberance, bulk, mass, hence a burden, a weight, and encumbrance. Things that are going to hinder you if you're running a race are things that are going to weigh you down. So what kinds of things in your life are hindering you from being light and swift and quick for Jesus? Is it offense? You know? Is it depression? Heavy. Is it anxiety? That's heavy. Is it fear? Is it, you know, you name it. Is it some kind of justice to make yourself right? You know, those things are going to weigh you down. They're going to slow you down. You're not meant to carry those. So what, what else is there that we have to throw off? We have to throw off sin that so easily entangles. Now, I think this is pretty incredible because the context of this word, the sin that easily entangles or besetting sin, 
this picture in the Greek of this kind of sin, it says it's, it's like the sin is skillfully surrounding to prevent or slow running. Think about that. You're trying to run, and if you're caught up in this stuff, and we all do, not pointing fingers, I'm actually just trying to set you free. Think about sin just wrapping around you when you're trying to run. Can you imagine that? No, we throw it off of us. The other thing about this kind of sin, this kind of sin is like a competitor thwarting a racer in every direction. So this sin will actually try to stop you from racing at all. It'll push against you when you're trying to move forward. Has this ever happened to you? (laughs) Okay, I have a video (laughs) that I want to show you. Um... And you guys can see what I'm talking about when it comes to what happens to sin, sin in your life when you're trying to run for Jesus. Let's roll it. We have Niall Atwood to the front, DCU in second, Paul Peppard, it's neck and neck, oh, oh my God, neck and neck, Jenny Mac, we have the bloody Paul from the, he will have to get through to the final based on that. I have never seen that on athletics. He was tied up like Spider-Man threw something at him. Spider-Man attacked him. He'll be put through the final. That is a fact. He has to be. I'm sorry. Spider-Man attacked him. That's funny. That's funny. Okay. Just like the other video when you're like over here. How did I get over here? I have to turn around. Have you guys ever been running and all of a sudden it's just like... You're tripped up in sin, and it's like surrounding you, and you don't even know how it happened, but you know it's slowing you down, and you're not as free as you could be. Just me? Now, let's think about this. The the picture of these things, heaviness, the burden, the hindrances, and being tied up. This person is going to be exhausted, that's why at the end of this, this portion of scripture, he's, he's going to give us instructions so we don't grow weary and lose heart. If you're bound up like this, you're going to grow weary and lose heart, and you're going to get off track. Now, counseling's good. Sozos are good. Processing your pain is good. But right here, you have permission to throw it off of you, <laughs> to throw sin off of you. Just say, get off. I'm not taking that. Anxiety, fear. I throw it off. I throw it off of me. If it tries to come back, I throw it off again. Lies that try to tell me things that are not true about God, I throw them off. Those are a hindrance to me. Heaviness and depression, I throw it off. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know what I'm saying? Think about it right now. What is heavy? What's a burden? What's a hindrance to you running? Think about it. What is catching you up? What is that sin that's just trapped around you and surrounding you? Let's just say, I throw it off. Ready? One, two, three. I throw it off. (laughs) Do it every day. And this thing comes on, you throw it off. God gives you permission. Cast all your anxiety, all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Just do it. He can handle it. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Give it to him. Throw it off. Amen. (laughs) All right. Number two. 
of keys to running your race well. Run the race with perseverance. Everyone say grit. If you have grit, you won't quit. (laughs) That's right. Perseverance. Now, we will look at the model of Jesus persevering a little bit later in this portion of scripture, but you cannot quit. Don't quit. You have to have perseverance. And God was, he made you in a way to endure trial and to make it through and to not smell like smoke. You were made to stay in the fight. Another way to explain the word perseverance is this. It's one who is not swerved, so not taking those turns, from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith in God, even the greatest trials and sufferings. By even those things, yeah. We are not swayed. So step two to having a running your race well is just keep going. <laughs> Don't quit at last. You know, the enemy does not have the fruit of the spirit. So the enemy doesn't have patience and long suffering. So you can outlast him. Just a thought. All right. Now, number three, this is the one that I feel when I prayed for you guys is probably, if you remember one thing, it's this. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. This is the biggest thing I could tell you. Walk away from this and just say, oh, she told me to look at Jesus. That's good. He's the compass. He's the true north. He's the bright and morning star. He is going to help you get your bearings in any situation, and you will be going on the right path. Okay, in the Greek, fix your eyes on Jesus. Now, it comes from a compound word. And basically, that means to turn your eyes away from other things and fix them on something. So these two words put together is where we get fix your eyes on Jesus. Now, picture this. I'm looking at my daughter with autism. That's something that I have in my life. It's hard. I can look at that and say, man, this is discouraging. It's discouraging having an eighth grader who can't talk to us. And, you know, that's hard for me. Put your thing there. Look at that thing. (laughs) Whatever's hard for you. Okay. It says to separate from that place, depart that place. Don't look at that anymore. And what? Turn and look at Jesus. It's not saying like, Jesus... Trinity, Jesus, Trinity. It's saying, nope, let Trinity be right here. Jesus, Jesus. I'm separating, I'm turning away from my problem and I'm looking at him. And I'm not just looking at him, it says, to stare at, (laughs) discern. What are you saying? To clearly attend to. Jesus, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna sit here and wait. To experience, Jesus, I'm going to look at you. and I'm going to experience your truth and your love. Jesus, I'm going to behold you. You are awesome. Look at your creation. Look what you've done. Look at redemption. I'm going to behold you. I'm going to look at you. I'm going to perceive. I'm going to get a mind, a new mind. I'm going to perceive wisdom. And I'm going to take heed of what you're saying. That's what it means to fix your eyes on Jesus. Do that, and that's all you need to do. <laughs> but I have one more after this, but that's powerful. That'll change your life. All right. 
Now, it says, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Okay, pioneer, author, chief, you guys have different versions of the Bible. That's what he is. Okay, I like the word pioneer, and this is why. Pioneers go somewhere where no one has gone before, and they break ground, and they cut a trail for others to come behind them, yeah? They break ground, they blaze trails, and they show others the way so that we can follow. Now, Jesus is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, so he perfectly cut a way for you to navigate this life on the earth. He did it. He suffered. He did it with joy. And then he went to sit with the Father in heaven. So pioneers are also on a journey to settle somewhere. Now, Jesus was a pioneer who cut a trail for us. He did it with joy, for the joy set before him. And then he was where? Seated. He sat down at the right hand of the Father in heaven. He was traveling to find a place to make his home. And when he sat down, that word actually means to make a dwelling and an abode. So he went as the pioneer to cut away for us to go to heaven and sit with him forever. Isn't that powerful? And how did he do it? It says he did it for the joy set before him. So keep in mind. We're on a race running and we're keeping our eyes on Jesus. Well, Jesus was looking at something too. He was really excited to endure all these hard things for what he was looking at. And it was you. The joy set before him. That's what his focus, his target was. It was redemption for the lost sons and daughters who were made in the image of their creator, who forfeited their creator and became like Adam became like men who were totally cut off from God. He had his eye to restore sons and daughters to right relationship with their father. That was his joy, and that got him through. So he had a target, and so do we. We just keep our eyes on him. He'll show you the way. He went through all the hard things. He endured the cross, public humiliation, disgrace, torture, torment, all of it with joy. I don't know how to get through this. Well... Look at Jesus. He did it. He'll show you how. He will show you how. Fix your eyes. Look away from all the other things. He's got it. Number four, how to run your race. Consider him. (laughs) You're like, what? I just was looking at him. Okay, consider him. It actually says that next. So let's put back up that verse, um, chapter 12 of Hebrews. Verse three, consider him who endured such a opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So there's a key. If you settle in and consider him who did this, that will be the key to not growing weary and losing heart. What does consider him mean? It means think it over who he is and what he did. Ponder it. Meditate on it. Think about, Jesus, I'm going to consider You, I'm going to consider his ways. I'm going to consider his life. I'm going to read the gospels. I'm going to read the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to read about the interactions he had with people. I'm going to consider his nature. And when I look at him, I won't get weary and burdened if I consider the life and the love and the character and the nature of Jesus. This will protect you from getting weary. And I'm going to explain something to you in a minute here. 
what does grow weary? It actually means get, to get sick. It means to um, have problems and be faint in, the, in your mind, which is you're the seat of your purpose and your will. If you're not staying connected to what Jesus did, you start feeling purposeless in this world. You start feeling faint. What's the point? Well, there's a point we have to consider. Jesus could have taken a shortcut. He could have said, you guys did this, you get what you deserve. He could have said no to the cross, but he didn't. Because he is love. And I want to tell you about considering Jesus. There's a story about a woman who was caught in sin. She was totally entangled. She was totally full of encumbrances and hindrances because she was committing adultery. So the religious leaders of the time surround this woman, and by law, she had been an adulteress, so they were going to stone her to death. Aren't you glad we're in the new covenant and your pastors don't do this stuff? Now, Jesus was there. What does Jesus say? Jesus says, okay, you who is without sin, go ahead and throw that first stone at her. Well, what happened? He disqualified all of these people. Yeah, okay. He also qualified himself. He was without sin. He could have stoned her to death by the law. When you consider Jesus and you're in sin, do you consider the way he treated this woman? He had every right to stone her to death, but he gave mercy. Consider the great mercy and the love of the plan of God for your life, that he gives mercy. Consider that. Now, then what did he do? He told her, go and sin no more. Okay, consider Jesus. You could have a thought in your head that he said, don't do that again. Go and sin no more, just like your parents would have said to you, right? Okay, he could have said it that way. I don't think he did. I think considering the nature and character of Jesus when he had every right to do this to her, I think he said, go and sin no more in the tone of, because I love you and you're better than that. You are better than that. There is such a better plan for your life than being tangled up and weighed down. Come on, don't do that anymore. I guarantee that lady didn't do it anymore. Can you imagine that exchange, that mercy, that public covering of her? I guarantee she got free right there. Consider the love of Jesus. His yoke is easy, his burden is light, and he wants to set you free so that you can run your race really well. He is a merciful God. He took the punishment for that sin. He wants to give you mercy. You can still sin, but you really probably won't enjoy it anymore. <laughs> so you might as well give it to him and thank him for his mercy. Amen. Amen. So just to recap, guys, we need wisdom from heaven, not wisdom from this earth. So if you're going to all your friends to get all the advice for which way to go, probably get off your phone and get on your knees and get wisdom. And why do we want to run our race well? 
Why do we want to throw things off? Why do we want to run? Why do we want to fix our eyes on Jesus? Why do we want to consider his nature? Why? Because we want to finish well. I don't want to be over here doing all this. I want to be on target. I want to stand before him and give him a hundredfold back, hopefully, to multiply with my life. Do you guys want to do that too? Amen. All right. I'm going to pray, and then um, I'll have Pastor Kirk come up and close. Lord, I thank you. This morning, it feels like you were very on target to kind of get into our business a little bit, (laughs) to mess with our hearts a little bit. But it's always for love. It's always for um, bringing mercy. It's always for helping us and holding us and pulling us closer. You're never God that pushes us away. So I just pray over any heart here that has a wrong view of you, God, that you would heal that part of their heart, that hurt, that pain that came from a person God, I pray you would reveal yourself to these hearts that they would know that you are good. And they can trust you. They can come to you. They can totally bear their hearts to you because you're good. And Lord, I just bless the words that I said today that, that whatever is of you would land in good soil, Lord, and you would grow hearts that breathe life into their surroundings, God. That we would be a life-giving body of people who are not stuck and caught up, but we are about our Father's business. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.